We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for March 8th, 2015. And uh, just so you know, I just went and did a uh, weather forecast for Pensacola for the next five days from the Weather Channel. And Monday, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of rain moving in for, um, well, Monday it's saying p.m. showers. Um 50% chance weather temp is between 68 to 61 and then Tuesday between 72 and 61 40% chance of p.m. showers um, and then Wednesday wow Wednesday is just getting worse it's going to be about 80% chance of thunderstorms, the 72 to 61 degree range, I mean 72 degree high, 61 degree low. And then Thursday, and I'm not sure how long this thing is gonna continue going on, but Thursday there's a 100% chance of thunderstorms. Now granted, things can change. Um, so, <clears throat> something to, just so you know, weather forecast, if, if you're gonna go, make sure you bring some, any, and you're gonna be outside in particular, if that's where because there's people outside, there's people inside. Um, make sure that you bring some type of, you know, rain gear, umbrellas, stuff like that. So anyway, I just want to kind of give you a little heads up there. Uh, this is going to be the the last part of the interview that we started before. We're just going to play um, not quite three minutes of it and let Pastor uh, David J. Smith kind of end uh, regarding this issue on the clergy response teams, 501c3 Church, Romans 13. Let's uh, go back to Pastor David J. Smith and more calls. Uh, Pastor commenting on what uh, Dave in California was saying briefly, uh, checkpoints, random martial law drills. I mean, they admit that they're randomly coming up and shaking people down, uh, totally twisting our police. Well, there's ten basic steps to would-be dictators taking over a country, and one of them is to have their paramilitary and they go into the streets and do exactly what they're doing here in America. This is what Hitler did. This is what Mussolini did. This is what dictators like Chavez has done down in South America. And so uh, you can expect it because they're on the verge of taking over, and it's going to be a dictatorial process. Do you think they're doing that? I mean, we know that they designed the financial implosion, but they know that once it implodes, there's going to be big problems. Oh, absolutely. They know without a doubt that they're going to, there's going to be an uprising in this country that is going to be of monumental scale, and they're going to have to be ready. And so they've got all the military that is prepared, and they've already said that the, those individuals who are patriots are the problem. What do you want to say to police officers out there, Pastor? I mean, you're a well-known, na nationally televised pastor, been a pastor for 30-plus years. Uh, you uh, are highly respected uh, just south of Dallas there, very lar a very large church there. Uh, I mean, you're you're a mainline guy who predicted all this 20, 30 years ago. It's now happening. They've got some decisions to make, don't they? They do. And here's something that the American people don't know that is happening, but they're going in and they're getting special ops people out of the military so and coming into the police departments. And so these are very tough people. While they're taught certain manners, if you say one thing out of line that they don't like, they can take you down. 
And so I would just say to the police that are listening, read your Constitution. 98% in the Congress, House, and the Senate have never read their Constitution. And that's why the nation is in the problem that it's in. But if you'll read your Constitution and you'll know the rights which people have, then you won't violate them. Just because you wear a badge does not give you the authority to run over people in a Republican form of government. Well, I mean... Okay, so we have that video, um, which just kind of wraps things up from, from what we were talking about. But continuing on with this report, it, it reads... Through the 501c3 regulations, DHS and FEMA have made it nearly impossible for your pastor to tell you the truth as to what is coming. As part of the clergy response team training, their initial and primary training was to tell their flock to obey the DHS version of Romans 13. After watching a number of videos and interviewing several pastors with regard to undermining of the church by FEMA and DHS, I interviewed a whistleblower who was a pioneer in the formation of the clergy response team. Uh, Pastor Walt Mansfield. Pastor Mansfield was among the first of the pastors recruited to become part of the clergy response team. The revelations he conveyed to me about the program had pastors doing a whole lot more than just preaching Romans 13. Pastor Mansfield was recruited to become a member of the clergy response team, which would operate under the control of NOVAD and DHS. Mansfield's revelations about his experiences are stunning and concerning at the same time. Excuse me. Pastor Mansfield attended several briefings and he could barely believe his ears. He learned of the government's plan to enact martial law as well as to implement forced population relocations. Mansfield emphasized that when martial law is enacted, the enforcement would be immediate. In other words, family members will be separated from each other and part of the training that the clergy received was how to comfort the separated family members. Remember, divide and conquer. Oh, sure, we'll return you know, your family to you as long as you do this is basically the way it's going to happen. So, you know, the um, <laughs> it's pretty much worst case scenario if you find yourself in that in that position, being taken off to a FEMA camp. Your, your family, you'll be split up um, and uh, they'll use your family members as, as leveraging against you um, if, you know, it's it's going to be horrific. Pastor Mansfield emphasized that now, I'm not saying God's not bigger than all of this, okay? That God can't protect you, that, that he cannot deliver you from this. Um, but again, this is why I put this stuff out in part is so that we can pray about it. And so that we're aware that, it, that this problem is actually on the horizon, that it does exist. Uh, continuing, Pastor Mansfield emphasized that the FEMA DHS drills were predicted on bioterrorism or maybe should should say predicated on bioterrorism, which again, you know, whether it be Ebola or the avian flu or something that's released by a terrorist, that is probably the best way that I've ever determined to be able to lock down a country and to impose martial law and to, and for the government to try to come out as the good guys uh, battling the bioterrorism. Uh, so the pastors were trained to go home to homes where people refused to be relocated by the authorities and their immediate job was to convince the reluctant to willingly go to the relocation camps. Ostensibly this was be to be done in lieu of sending in SWAT teams. You know, 
the safest place these people could be is in their homes. The moment you walk out the door, if there is any kind of bioterrorism event or, or let's say some type of pandemic, now you're, you're exposing yourself to whatever. So there's, there's no good reason they, they could ever say, okay, you're going to be, now granted, if there was like a flood coming to the area or something and you were down, okay, I get that kind of, uh, as a warning, but you know, that's not going to be the case. This is going to be just just a, a way to to you know take people off to the camps is is what this is going to be. So um, ostensibly, this was done, meaning the pastor was going in to try try to convince the reluctant people to go to the relocation camps in lieu of sending in the SWAT teams. I asked Mansfield if the FEMA camps were real, and he stated that much of the clergy training focused around the scenario of pastors operating within the forced relocation centers. The main goal of the pastor assigned to the FEMA camp was to bring order and encourage compliance with DHS requests. So again, the, these are just Judas goats. They're, they're leading the sheep to the slaughter. That's what these pastors are for, okay? Com to encourage compliance with Satan, I mean DHS, and of their people that they're leading. Hence the emphasis on Romans 13. The pastors were forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, the most interesting and disturbing fact that I learned was the fact that when the pastors were told not to quote scripture, the DHS document which was prepared for the pastors clearly stated that scripture had been used to oppress people in the past and that presenters strongly discouraged its use. Um, unbelievable they're the ones it's, it's ironic because this is absolutely the opposite this is they're, they're guilty of the very thing they're accusing them of they're using a misinterpretation of romans 13 to oppress and put i mean a potentially oppress all people in these 501c3 churches that are under these clergy response team pastors they're they're using the very same tactic that they're accusing, you know, they're saying, oh, in the past, it's, scripture's been used to oppress people. And so they strongly discouraged its use. As long as it suits them, their interpretation, they'll, they'll use that all day long, though. Please see the following excerpt of one of the DHS training manuals. And the training manual reads, this is on page 14, of Healing Scripture and Prayer in Pastoral Crisis Intervention. And it says, this is DHS manual, during a time of crisis, people do go through a crisis of faith. Sometimes a quick mention of God in Scripture may not be helpful. As we all know, the Scripture has been used to oppress and dominate, and at the same time can be used for healing and reconciliation, renewing the relationship with God and people. If the pastor senses it is appropriate to use Scripture in prayer, it must carefully be done for healing of victims and not to uphold pastoral authority. Because they don't want people to have pastoral authority at that point. They have given all authority to the government by taking on this clergy response team mantle. And they don't want the pastors to have any type of perceived authority or to convey that to their congregants. And they sure don't want them quoting scripture because they can't stand the word of God. Just like we were talking about, they won't let them open their Bibles up in the courtroom at Ken Hoven. Um, the devils hate that. They don't want the word of God. So this is just more, more evidence of that. So in other words, all legitimate pastoral authority was abrogated by the pastors who participated in the roundup of American citizens. True. Also on page 14 of the same training document, pastors were admonished to avoid, quote, unhealthy God talk. 
End of quote. Specifically, pastors are ordered to avoid using references to God when helping people cope with the loss of a loved one. What are you supposed to use then? References to Satan? You know, I mean, what other options are there? Like things, and these are specific things in the manual. God must, uh, you don't want to use these, these phrases is what they're saying. God must have needed him or her more than you, end of quote. Or never say God gives more than we can handle. We, we can't have any mention of God, okay, in, in other words. And, you know, the DHS, the IRS, FEMA, and they all obviously are Satan's emissaries. And obviously they would know what's right to say in, a, um, in this type of crisis situation. Pastor Mansfield also revealed that pastors will be issued badges under the clergy response team program. Uh, I saw, I found a picture of, of um, on the internet, I did a Google search for clergy response team and I, I found a picture of two, I guess they were clergy response team people and they were wearing badges and, and um, these badges are going to be like their, I don't know, their entryway into these, these designated FEMA areas and, and they're, you know, you're going to have to have these badges. So any pastor not displaying the badge indicating that they have been trained under these guidelines will not be permitted into the established and designated DHS safety zones. Um, pastors are absolutely forbidden to publicly speak about any aspect of the program. If you were to ask your pastor if they were a FEMA agent, FEMA trained pastor, they would not likely tell you. Well, and again, their 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 loyalty should be toward FEMA and the IRS and the government, not toward their own congregants or parishioners that you know that's the way it should be disturbingly pastor mansfield reiterated several times that the number one job of these pastors is to calm down and encourage their compliance within the people's new surroundings i.e the fema camps pastor mansfield I and mean, they probably when they hear the 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 uh blood curdling screams in the distance that's going to be a hard hard sell you know i mean because you know people are going to hear that and and uh probably going to be a hard sell. So Pastor Mansfield also stated that pastors will be utilized as informants. This violates the legal privilege of confidentiality between pastor and churchgoer that is currently recognized by law. <laughs> what, what about the Bible? I mean, all churchgoers can no longer trust the sanctity of personal confessions and revelations made to pastors, priests, or rabbis. This one illegal act uh, by the DHS completely undermines the Christian church in America. Many of us have been quick to point out that this bastardization of Romans 13 is designed to force compliance to government edicts who might not otherwise um, comply. And the related, there's some related background uh, legislation regarding this. And on December 31st, 2011, President Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA. This report is all referenced if you want to check any of the references of stuff what we're talking about here um, he signed this into law which in addition to allocating uh, 662 billion to the Pentagon also contains a measure which allows US citizens to be taken into custody and held indefinitely without ever being charged with a crime uh, not only can any citizen deemed a threat to national security interests of the United States be held forever without receiving a trial, but the military will be the ones arresting those citizens. So, kind of a, a, of what you see happening to Ken Hoven is what they want to actually be able to do to all Christians 
worldwide. Ken Hovind's just one of their main test cases to see what kind of public reaction they're going to get to this one righteous man of God who is being falsely imprisoned. And they're, they're basically gauging public um, outcry to see if they can get away with it. I mean, that's the, the, Ken Hovind's a beta test, as far as I'm concerned, for Satan. That's what they're doing. And that's why I think it's so important that, that we support him, you know, because if there if there's no resistance, and obviously there is resistance, but if there is little resistance, what they perceive as little resistance, the Illuminati, Satan, whatever, uh, that gives them the green light to further implement their draconian agendas. Okay? If they sense that, you know, people are are too afraid or, or 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 that there's just not enough public outcry and i'm not judging anyone not going down there okay um i'm just saying if they perceive that it doesn't matter if it's ken hoven or, or some other issue of righteousness if they perceive there's not enough public outcry if there's not enough um pushback then that gives them the green light to further implement their, their draconian agendas that's how they gauge things that's what they do when they beta test stuff out in the public so that's and I've said that many, many times in, in a lot of different areas. So, NDAA section 1022, subsection C, allows detention under the law of war without trial until the end of hostilities authorized by the authorization for use of military force. So, you can be held forever without receiving a trial um, until they determine that the hostilities are over. The National Emergency Centers Act, or HR. 645 mandates the establishment of national emergency centers to be located on military installations for the purpose of providing temporary housing, medical, and humanitarian assistance to individuals and families dislocated due to emergency or major disaster according to the bill. Uh, the legislation also states that camps will be used to provide centralized locations to improve the coordination of preparedness, response, and recovery efforts of the government, private, and nonprofit entities and faith-based organizations okay so the camps are going to be used for you know all of these things plus faith-based organizations your 501c3 corporate religious entities of the state of of the, of the u.s government the bill also provides that camps can be used to meet other appropriate needs as determined by the secretary of homeland security what like slaughterhouses or you know guillotine factor i mean what, what are we talking about what are these other appropriate needs this is a carte blanche mandate that many fear could mean the forced detention of american citizens in the event of widespread rioting following a national emergency or total economic collapse so the conclusion what pastor could in good conscience participate in this heinous program well i guess a hundred thousand that's that's supposedly the high-end estimate only a pastor who has turned their back on Jesus could ever be part of such tyranny. But I would venture to say if you interviewed the vast majority of these 100,000, they think they're, they're doing pretty good with God. They think they've done nothing wrong. They, they're, they're obeying Romans 13 and they've thrown the Bible out and all they care about is what the government thinks. And, and that means that they're of God. They're a man of God. Mm-hmm. Only... Um, so the pastors in America are being coerced to participate in this because in part when an emergency is declared no pastor who does not have the FEMA trained government badge 
um, will be allowed to be in the declared emergency area. Pastor Mansfield and many other pastors that I spoke with felt strongly that this was the government's way of removing Jesus from America's landscape and setting the stage for the ushering in of the New Age One World Religion. Absolutely. If they are able to pull this off, this will be the absolute linchpin for them to launch the coming One World Religion under the false prophet and Antichrist. It's that big of a deal. Most likely, this will be the linchpin. It is mind-boggling to fathom how so many reporters and media types deny the existence of FEMA camps under these circumstances. It is also disturbing that any pastor would agree to participate in a program in which Jesus and the Bible end up on the cutting room floor. The only viable way to preserve Christianity is for all Christians to leave their churches and form Bible home study groups. Okay, that's that's his opinion. Okay, um... You know, obviously, if their church isn't 501c3, if it's not yoked up with the government, I mean, that wouldn't be the case. But, you know, I think that hopefully there are 501c3 pastors out there that are going to get their eyes open, that, that, that try to get out of the system. And I'm going to give you some resources on how to do that here coming up shortly. Um, this goes on by saying, since I began investigating how why, and this is Dave Hodges, this report is from him. Since I began investigating how widespread the takeover of the church is, by DHS and FEMA, I have been contemplating the potential wisdom of Alexander Shotsunitsyn, who made the following quote, where he said, quote, we should have resisted the KGB at the front door. If the KGB thought that they might go home, not go home that night, the Russian people might have had a different fate. And that's, and as a result of what the Russian people let happen to them, you know, Stalin killed, I think, conservatively 50 million, I mean, of his own people. He was sicker than he, even Hitler was because he was just killing his own people, almost like for fun. I mean, yeah, Hitler killed a lot of his own people, true, but but Stalin was doing it. He was so incredibly paranoid, and, and literally, from what I've read about the guy, he would almost do it just just for fun. You know, it's just kind of a neat thing to do. I mean, he was he was just a, an absolute total monster, but the people just totally went along with it like sheep to the slaughter and. 50 million get killed. So then he, he goes on to say, will you submit to illegitimate authority? Now, I've also got a report that you can key in, um, probably just if you key in the word resistance. It's biblical resistance to tyranny. Okay, from a biblical standpoint, let's look at that. Okay, and, and um, let's examine that subject. Just key in resistance or tyranny. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and you can get that where it's not just me, but a, other a lot of other pastors going through the Bible and explaining what is the proper parameters for biblical resistance to tyranny. Okay, and um, I just don't have time to get into it right now. We, we've covered it before. Now. Um, I posted my teachings here at this point of the, the subjects I have done uh, regarding the dangers of the 501c3 corporate church in Romans 13. Uh, uh, one of them is, is entitled Feds Train 501c3 Clergy to quote quell dissent during martial law. I give you the links to that. Um, and then disturbing 501c3 corporate church report, 501c3 church being muzzled, and then Romans 13, an unlimited subservience to the government. Where should a Bible-believing Christian draw the line? So I give you all those teachings there if you want to avail yourself to them.
Now, also, uh, 501c3 church, there's a link here um, that you can click on from creationliberty.com. It's called 501c3, the devil's church. And then to break free from the 501c3 church trap con contract, uh, I think this is the best way to go. I know there's ways that it can be done. I just think they're doing it the most biblically. And that's through the Biblical Law Center. And uh, it's biblicallawcenter.com. And I give you the emails here, phone numbers. This is Dr. Greg Dixon and Barbara Cate, and I think one other gentleman. And they help churches break free from this. It's not easy. I mean, once the, once the IRS gets you into their trap, they don't want to let you out. So this isn't something that, you know, you just kind of approach casually. If you're going to break free, you know, you want to do it the right way. And they've been doing it a long time. And so I give you the links to that as well. And then also there's a teaching on Chuck Baldwin setting it straight on Romans 13 if you want to click on that. So there's some different... Not just me saying it, not just the other pastors you've heard, but I also give you some other resources to explore this further. Uh, this is a, um, I had this emailed me the other day, and it was called Urgent uh, RFID Bracelet um, and 666. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play this. Now, this report was released in 2009. So I wanted to remind the person that sent me this, this is from 2009, but it is applicable to this subject that we're talking about. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this, this brief video real quickly here. I stumbled upon you this last January and I... I stumbled upon you this last January and I thank God I did. Um, you wrote an article this last July 29th, I will never forget it. And there was an excerpt in the article that alarmed me and not much surprises me anymore. Um, regarding the swine flu and the military, implementing the military to help out. And in the article, uh, I know you don't reveal your sources, but I'd like you to elaborate about the metal shackles they're going to put on the wrists with the computer chip. And maybe Catherine Albrecht, you can um, add to that comment. So it looks like Greg Everson is going to be the one giving this answer, okay? The former state trooper, Greg Everson. And uh, it looks like Joyce O'Reilly is there, Catherine Albrecht, another gentleman. And the lady was asking about this, this uh, report that Greg had put out that I, at the time, in 2009, I did many, 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 many teachings on this and um, on the swine flu. And I'm going to go over the teaching that I actually did on this specific thing he's talking about here in a second. And uh, But I'll let Greg talk here. Unfortunately, I believe one among several plans to ensure that the government's edict of mandated vaccinations, and by the way, the state of Oklahoma last week passed through its house just such a law for the state of Oklahoma and its residents that everyone will be vaccinated in the state of Oklahoma. Okay, so there, there's been, they've been bringing these laws up. I told you right now they're at a breakneck speed. But they've been passing these things, this, these legislations, and to get them all prepositioned for when they finally pull the trigger that there's not going to be any loopholes out of these, these vaccines. And um, they've been just trying to, to paint everyone into a corner. And this is one of the, the uh, legislations he's in reference to. Now, having said that, there are also plans that will ensure that you do not 
freely travel, nor will you be able to really go anywhere without proof that you have had the vaccination at the point that the government mandates that certain levels of the population take the inoculation. When that happens, I have been told by state troopers across the country that there are plans ready to be implemented that would include roadblocks and choke points, as we call them, major interstate junctions around major cities and so forth, where the greatest number of people can be held until they are either, they either prove their vaccination by papers or in the case of a medical specialist in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who told me that they had observed a semi-tractor trailer being unloaded at the hospital loading dock, pallets and pallets, scores of cases of metal bracelets that once put on would slip into a place and, and be either uh, pegged in there with some kind of uh, device to hold it in place, but the band was meant to be permanent. On top is a chip. That chip will include all kinds of information about you and the fact that you have been inoculated. Now this is one of several plans. It has not yet seen the light of day, but it is there. It's in readiness. You choose the poison. It's either slow homicide or slow suicide. They're either going to kill you with the injection, or if you go up and say, sure, I just want to be able to go wherever I want to go, and you take it, to me, that's virtual suicide. Just slow motion suicide. Because you're most likely, I mean, at that point, I'm not saying that this is the mark of the beast, but it's, it's pretty close to it. And again, with the vaccines that they've got now, where they've got DNA nanorobots, that technology available. They've, they've had Hitachi microchip dust since like 2000, probably way before that. They've got foreign DNA in the vaccines. They've got the vaccines that are cultured off aborted babies. You've, you've got the vaccines that have foreign human GMO proteins, like the MMR vaccine that we got into that recently, and in only God knows what else. Then you combine that with an out and out microchip and in your what they're trying to do is not only defile the person body soul and spirit but to turn them into a cyborg meaning part human part machine with a chip that will actually be able to control um, neurologically things in the body your your thinking processes and in in only no god knows what else it's going to be able to influence or control so it's very important for satan to get everybody chipped and to get everybody vaccinated and, and um, because he knows what the implications are. So we've all talked about not getting the vaccination, that's clear, but you may not have a choice. I am told that the plans include buses that will be standing by for people in roadblocks that refuse to take the inoculation. The people will then be escorted to the buses and taken, as I was told, in the state I was in at that time when I was speaking to the troopers, you're going to get a free ride to a nice warm buck at Fort Riley. Well, it, it, it's one of several plans. We can't know until they're implemented, but I assure you that those plans are in place and law enforcement is going to be pulled in. In one of the articles I wrote, I said the law enforcement community will enforce a new world order. There will be many that will not, and that's good news for us. 
but I believe it's still majority that will be standing in line saying, get your shot or get on the bus. That's what's coming. And and the the bus is gonna the bus is gonna be you know most likely you know I mean I I don't mean to be a bear by Titans but death camps, you know it's going to be in a very very similar situation as you take this or you die, that's what I believe um, that they're not taking you to some place uh, to play patty cake with you, you know or or to treat you wonderfully you're gonna be viewed as an enemy of the state, you're gonna be viewed as as, as somebody that that. Um, knows what they're talking about, obviously knows how evil these things are, and they don't want people like you out on the streets that can influence others either. So that'll be another reason they want to get you off the streets. So, uh, listen, you know, if, at that point, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and, and just, you know, you pray for God can get you through any situation. He can even deliver you from that situation. And I'm not going to say act like this is all doom and gloom and, and you know every single Christian on the planet is going to get wiped out. It's not happening. Never does happen. God always preserves a remnant. But whether it's that option or whether it's God delivering you, you know, um, maintain the faith, you know, uh, that was once delivered unto the saints like the Bible talks about. Never, never, never. Um, you, you want to endure to the end. You, you, you want to, you, you never, ever will turn your back on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never, ever, ever deny him no matter what. And, and so you just have to purpose that in your mind. And by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside you as a born again Christian, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Bottom line, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. So, um, I did a report on this. And it, in 2009, it was entitled Tracking Bracelets, Force Vaccination, Chemtrails, and Vehicle Choke Points, Part 1, 2, and 3. You might want to revisit that. I'll give you the links here. Um, it's going to be on page either 11 or 12 of the PDF. And just to read you the, um, the uh, table of contents from this, we read that the Boston Globe reported on uh, 9-16-09 that Boston disease trackers are implementing a draconian experiment aimed at eventually creating a citywide registry of everyone who has had a flu vaccination. When people arrive for their shots, they will get an ID bracelet with a barcode. Basic information, name, age, gender, address will be entered in, into the database. There will be an electronic records too of who gave the vaccine and whether it was injected into the right or left arm and time stamped for that day. Also on 91609 Reuters reported the US public health officials know a significant number of deaths will be blamed on the H1N1 flying swine flu vaccine. Now we again if you go back to this thing if you just key in swine in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com I did a ton of studies on this and all of the evil surrounding the swine flu vaccine, just like I was trying to point out all the evil with this Ebola thing that we had, and with the bird flu, and with all of these things that, that I believe they're beta testing globally to see what kind of public reaction. Where's the pushback coming? Where's the truth coming from? Where do we need to create more disinformation? Okay, What do we need to do to tweak our satanic plans in order to get this all fully implemented and going? Is what they're observing. Okay, These satanic minions. So, um, they're saying that they knew that the H1N1 vaccine will, there will be a number of deaths will be blamed on the vaccine, and rightly so, which will be rolled out, rolling out within weeks, and they're struggling to be ready. They expect an avalanche of so-called adverse event reports. See, in this case, they got you right where they want you. 
you know, like when you're getting something like Gardasil or whatever, it's not everybody rushing on the planet to get that one vaccine all at the same time, okay? And in, in that regard, it's easier for them to implement damage control. But if everybody's rushing to get the same satanic vaccine at the same time, and this vaccine is maybe one of the hard kill things that they're going to be putting in place, something like a swine flu or an Ebola vaccine, and people are dropping dead like crazy, well, you know, they're really going to have to uh, be on their toes um, about trying to suppress this information. If they've declared martial law at this point and they've shut down alternative media, all alternative media, well, you know, that's going to be the golden goose for them. That's going to be the main thing that, they, that they're trying to get around. And that's the thing. When alternative media goes down, like this, like this show and, and, and countless others, they've got the perfect environment that they've been waiting for in order to implement their draconian agendas. They've got a total lockdown on the news at that point, unless shortwave maybe still be going, but they could shut that down as well easily. So if they're able to shut down all the stuff, then they can implement their draconian plans, kind of not so much under the cover of darkness, but without having widespread, other than maybe if you talk to somebody locally, that's go that's going to be your only way of, of maybe networking with the people in your local area, of, of kind of knowing what maybe is going on. That's what Satan wants. So that's why it's so important with this internet thing that they're trying to do to kill the internet and to take all alternative media off there. You know, that could be the absolute last linchpin before they, they can implement something like martial law because they don't want to compete with a whole bunch of truth being put out and then their disinformation programs. They would rather the alternative media just be gone so that they can implement their dark agenda un, unhindered. So going further... Uh, it says they expect an avalanche, an avalanche of so-called adverse event reports, which are um, reports of death, illness, or other health trauma that will occur within two weeks after receiving the treatment. In this case, the swine flu vaccine. Again, Reuters reported the same day that the Canadian government has sent body bags to remote Indian reserves as it prepared for the winter flu season, sending a jarring message at odds with its promise to be ready for the H1N1 flu. Uh, also, in this report, we're going to be discussing the lateness of the hour, chemtrails, forced vaccinations, vehicle choke points, and much more. So, this is just one of the many reports I've done over the years regarding this particular subject. And um, as you can see, the, the hour's getting pretty late. The Bible, Jesus Christ said, the night is coming when no man can work. Uh, we may be right on the cusp of that. Uh, it's also another reason I think I, I you know, really feel convicted about going down there uh, for uh, Brother Ken Hoven and to support him because, you know, this opportunity, um, not only do I think it's his potentially his last opportunity to skirt additional prison time, and if I think if they get him in there, they're going to try to get him in forever. I mean, they're going to try to keep him in there for, you know, so that he never, ever gets out. Um, but also the lateness of the hour. We're going to have less and less opportunities to do this as time progresses. So that's all I have for today. Um, kind of sketchy at this point if I'm going to be able to do another another study on um, uh, this coming Sunday. I, I don't know. With I'm going to be gone probably for at least two to three days. And that's usually if I'm gone that long. It's, it's uh, very, very, very hard for me to uh, catch back up real quickly and then get back on track to do the audios. So... Um, Hopefully see some some people, some Christian brothers and sisters down in uh, Pensacola. 
And I'll go ahead and end us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. And, and I, I thank you, Lord, for letting us come again, together again, Lord God, to explore your truth. And I just pray, Lord God, for this Ken Hovind trial coming up. Wherever, Lord God, your persecuted remnant lies, wherever they are worldwide, whether they're, you know, going to go under the knife of ISIS or uh, Brother Ken who's been in, in, in jail for eight years for, for absolutely no good reason, Lord. It's, it's all a satanic agenda against him to stop him and to shut him up. And all of the other Christians worldwide, Lord, in prison. And, and those scheduled to be executed. And, and I just pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ. You know their respective situations. I pray to God for your intervention regarding these matters worldwide, uh, wherever they are. I pray you comfort them, um, that you give them shelter, Lord, food and water, that you strengthen them, God, that you, if it be your will, Lord God, through supernatural intervention, that you deliver them. And, and Lord, that your name be glorified as a result of what you're going to do in all of these respective situations and that many would actually end up getting saved as a result of what you would do. I also pray to God that you fight against them that fight against the body of Christ, Lord, that if it be possible, their souls be saved, God. But if they are just going to continue in wickedness, Lord, that you deal with them, Lord God, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of your doing and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you and all the upright in heart with glory according to Psalm 64 and that you would hide your remnant, Lord God, from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. And um, I pray you forgive us, Lord, for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.